0: Thank you so much, uh, Madam Heather Hoff, for joining us in this podcast today. I'm um, so glad uh, that you uh, managed to come and uh, to just have this session together. Uh, because uh, in this world, uh, there's so many things that we are doing. Uh, there is so many problems in the world. And uh, just having this time to uh, sit together and um, uh, talk about uh, 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 nuclear energy, uh, actually, it's, it's great. Yeah, so um, maybe you can just say hi.
1: Yeah, hi, Collins. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, as we were just chatting before the show, there's a lot going on today and some news about Russia and energy. And I think it all ties back to energy availability and nuclear is my hope for the future. And so I'm, I'm very happy to be here talking with you about it. And um, as you and some of your listeners may know, I started a nonprofit organization called Mothers for Nuclear, in 2016 on Earth Day with my friend Kristen. And we did that after learning that nuclear power plants around the country and world are under threat of early closure and that a lot of these closures were for political and public perception reasons. And um, we took a long time to change our minds about nuclear. So we thought we could help other moms and women and people generally who are skeptical to mm-hmm. hopefully also change their minds about nuclear because it's a huge source of clean electricity and we definitely need that going mm-hmm. forward with you know more climate uncertainty and geopolitical uncertainty. Um, energy is imperative. So.
0: Amazing, amazing. Yeah, uh, it's really a great thing uh, to uh, uh, whatever you're doing. But uh, let me just uh, g- give a little brief and un- a little introduction of uh, of um, you. I'll give you your time so that you can uh, uh, say who you are and uh, to tell people exactly. Uh, but um, to uh, my understanding and my knowledge, uh, that um, uh, Madam Heather Hove um, is the co-founder of uh, Mothers for Nuclear together with Christine. and um, um, for twenty years uh, she has worked as an operator. Uh, in Diablo Canyon, actually, uh, working as a reactor um, operator uh, uh, for 20 years, and also uh, later on, now uh, currently, she's um, uh, working uh, working uh, the same same facility uh, as uh, writing um, writing um, you know the operations every day. So uh, when you talk about uh, when when people actually um, um, look. I mean, uh, when people wonder what happens in a nuclear facility, how is it run? So today uh, we are being made uh, by Madam Hitherhoff, who always uh, works there, and uh, will tell us more about that. But uh, she graduated um, uh, from uh, California uh, Polytechnic uh, Col- uh, California Polytechnic State University in San Luis um, with a material, a material engineering degree. And uh, from that, actually, we uh, learned that uh, she's been a very, very uh, great advocate, a strong voice in nuclear energy and bringing in um, uh, uh, just letting, um, beating perception of people. And also she's a nature lover and nature, nature lover because um, she loves hiking and, uh, you know, um, uh, everything to do with nature because we, we only have one, uh, one planet, uh, this earth. Uh, so, uh, Madam Ita Of also uh, is in professional uh, professional groups and uh, these groups like Women for Nuclear, sorry uh, Women for Nuclear and also Women in Water uh, Women in Water, Energy and the Environment So, we are met today by an, an environmentalist also and she uh, does volunteering volunteering to the community because she's also a humanitarian So, um The question is, and maybe you'll just repeat whatever you said earlier about uh, mothers for nuclear, because we don't speak about mothers for nuclear if we uh, do not know uh, if there is a baby. So please tell us about your your daughter and and, and, uh, (laughs) what is (laughs) for <laughs> nuclear
1: yes well um, my daughter is almost 14 now and uh, she mm-hmm. she is a great lover of nature as well we spend a lot of time outside together mm-hmm. and I try and bring to her a lot of the aspects that I had growing up in my childhood um, time to explore the wilderness and climb on rocks and see wildlife and you know really appreciate the beauty of our planet and um she has also been uh you know lots of my motivation for for why i want to protect the planet for the future you know if she has children eventually someday um we want all of our children and future generations to be able to enjoy a planet you know that's that's not um plagued by pollution and, you know, fossil fuels, Uh air pollution, um, plastics. Mm -hmm. So uh, lots of areas, I think, are really important for how to do that. But um, I've kind Mm -hmm. of uh, adopted nuclear, it's my passion, as being one of our most powerful and important tools for how to do that, how to protect our planet for the future. So, um, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, after I, I graduated from college, I stayed here in my hometown now is San Luis Obispo, California, and um, I could not find an engineering job. There were just no, no jobs in engineering, so I, I worked some jobs around town for a couple of years in clothing and at a winery and eventually said, you know, I, I should probably look more closely at Diablo Canyon. It's about um, 10 miles from my house but I was a little nervous to work there, and my family had made comments that made me even more nervous to work there about radiation yeah. and various things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, definitely. <but> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but I'm, I'm a very curious person, and um, that's something mm-hmm. that we definitely, as moms, you know, try and encourage our children to be curious and ask questions and mm-hmm. you know, find out answers for themselves, explore their passions. So um, Mm -hmm. I I got a job at Diablo Canyon and with the idea that I would just ask a lot of questions and if there was anything scary going on, then I would just tell everyone about it. (laughs) Um, So I I got my job there as an operator and asked a lot of questions for about six years because I was pretty skeptical of nuclear, I thought. You know, lots of lots of the things that we did sounded pretty scary to me, and you know, I had to really investigate and really dig into the details before realizing, after about six years, that nuclear um, strongly aligns with my both environmental and humanitarian values, and I became really proud to work at this one power plant in California that generates 10% of California's electricity. California is the fourth largest economy in the world so here's this one plant mm -hmm. on this tiny footprint of land surrounded by nature and you know there's whales jumping in the ocean in front of the plant, Mm -hmm. and I was just like wow this is amazing and how come everyone's not doing nuclear (laughs) Um, yeah so that's kind of how I got to become a lover of nuclear and um, Mm -hmm. when My company announced that they were going to shut down the plant early. That's when I really started questioning, you know, not, not only like, how come isn't everyone doing this, but why are we shutting down a perfectly good source of clean energy? And when Mm -hmm. I I realized all of the the things that go into that, the, you know, public perception, I I felt like I had to do something about it. So that's when I started Mothers for Nuclear. Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. And uh, actually, uh, whatever you've uh, spoken, um, it's uh, more like, uh, you know, like, um, you know, we've been with um, Generation Atomic and, and Atomic Ambassadors. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, in Atomic Ambassadors, we say, I'll give the story, uh, the story behind uh, behind you, a story behind um, maybe Diablo Canyon. Mm-hmm. So, so you're giving that. the story behind uh, you and uh, Diablo Canyon. And this uh, brings us to uh, a question about uh, climate now, Uh, because uh, sometimes people say uh, nuclear energy and climate are very far, I mean, uh, there is nothing to do with climate, actually. Uh, So uh, what made you to actually uh, now be into uh, uh, also climate and and, uh, speak about climate change, uh, climate, um, you know, nuclear energy? as um, a solution to climate change. So yeah. uh, what? Wow. How, how, how do you, you, you uh, uh, join in
1: that? Well, Collins, it's really interesting here in California because um, mm-hmm. I I grew up in Arizona, and I pictured California as being kind of like this mm-hmm. green utopia of, you know, very great environmental policies, and they're doing all the right things. And so when I came here, I, I really expected um, Something a little bit different than what I've been finding more and more recently, is um, mm-hmm. that lots of people who care about climate change and care about emissions are so um, against nuclear energy that they, they even refuse to consider it a solution. And um, we, you know, we had these plans in our state to shut down Diablo Canyon, our last nuclear plant, mm. And replace it with other clean energy. Um, and recently, we had to reverse those plans because we do not have enough energy, period. Let, in, let alone, you know, emission-free electricity. So, the governor said, you know, like, can you please keep running Diablo Canyon a little bit longer? We really need it for grid reliability. But so many people here still talk about we need to replace Diablo Canyon eventually with renewables. And as someone who cares about the climate and emissions, I want more of all of the clean energies. Like we shouldn't be replacing sure. one clean energy with another. I want our new mm-hmm. renewables to replace fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a bit of a challenging conversation here in California when you know so many people that I picture as being like me, people who care about the same things, mm-hmm. um, are. Pretty strong advocates of renewables only, and um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sometimes don't recognize the challenges that come along with renewables in terms of their intermittency Mm -hmm. and how hard it is to store electricity. You know, batteries don't work very well, and Mm -hmm. pumped hydro is, you know, like has a lot of impacts just from making big lakes and. you know, lots of environmental mm-hmm. groups want to take dams out not build more dams <laughs> so yeah there's there's a lot of challenges with renewables and i just hope that we can be honest mm-hmm. going forward about what the absolute best solutions are for um, reducing emissions and hopefully addressing climate change
0: wow yeah that is great um you know, you've given a, a complete picture uh, of uh, whatever, you know, like uh, climate science, many people, uh, they say uh, it doesn't uh, I mean, rhyme with uh, uh, nuclear, nuclear energy, energy but uh, uh, you've uh, given us an, an insurance. Uh, and on and one thing uh, somebody might ask, um, does uh, nuclear energy, for example, uh, you said radiation at the beginning, uh, radiation, mm-hmm. so uh, do you think Diablo Canyon, like for example, uh, because you've said about nature and how it is outside uh, because uh, uh, we've seen uh, uh, wildlife actually, you said wells, you've seen uh, they're very, very, very I mean, it's something it's, I mean, it's a very beautiful place. Yeah. So uh, uh, what can you tell uh, tell people and especially environmentalists and traditional environmentalists uh, who say um, nuclear energy and uh, uh, you know, like being nucle- near a nuclear power facility is very um, harmful mm-hmm. uh, to you, to the, uh, the uh, you know, everything to do with the environment. So, uh, what can you tell them?
1: Well, first I like to say that um, our industry hasn't done a good job Mm -hmm. of talking about this. You know, their first response would be, you know, of course we're safe. We're so safe because we do this, Mm -hmm. this and this, and we have all these processes and all Uh these barriers and, you know, redundancy and passive cooling, and they go into the equipment Mm -hmm. and just all these layers of complexity, and um, yes. i found that that's kind of had the opposite effect of instead of <laughs> helping people feel safer, it actually makes people yes. feel nervous when they hear, you know, like, uh. well, why do they have to do so much to keep it safe, and why is it so complicated, yeah. and there must be something really dangerous in there if they have to do all this stuff to protect it and manage it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, at Mothers for Nuclear, we try and talk about it differently. Instead of saying, "No, you're wrong," you know, it's so safe. <laughs> we say, "Yeah, it's, sure. it's pretty scary, isn't it? Like radiation is scary." And I used to be very scared about lots of things, you know, radiation-wise and. You know, I was the first ever pregnant operator at Diablo Canyon and wow. even then, you know, wow. four, 14 years ago I was pretty nervous about, you know, going in certain areas and um, a lot of that for me has taken a really long time to shift and it's it's really hard to get comfortable with the idea that these low levels of radiation really aren't harmful. and. Um, Sure. So, it, I just think it's really important that um, as humans mm. and as mothers, we mm. acknowledge those emotions first
0: uh-huh. and we
1: empathize with people, other people who are scared of radiation mm-hmm. because we can we, we know w- what that feels like and that is scary and mm-hmm. then we say well here's what we learned and here's how long it took us to change our minds hopefully we can help yeah, you change sure. your mind more quickly <laughs> you know not take sure, six sure. years sure. <laughs> But um, uh-huh. yeah so it there, there's a lot of things about um, radiation specifically and then some other mm-hmm. things about nuclear also that just sound scary and yeah. um, after we talk about those emotions, I think it's important to say, you know, like we can pivot. We're, you know, rational human beings also as well as emotional and we can pivot to data and facts and really look at um, what are the cause of any negative impacts that have happened like at Fukushima. Um, did, the, did the plant hurt anyone? Not really. Um, when we panicked. And we mm-hmm. evacuated people. We we mm-hmm. caused damage, but that was a human decision. That was an overreaction mm-hmm. to basically radiation. It's a, an over overemphasis, mm-hmm. you know, on our fear of radiation that caused us to make a bad decision. So, um, yeah. yeah sure. you know, so fear of nuclear is dangerous, but not nuclear itself. Mm-hmm. Uh huh.
0: Yeah, uh that is great uh, because you know like um especially in Africa people just uh, refer to um, uh, nuclear bombs we refer to uh, nuclear waste mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, you know, you, know you, you, you you we bring in the message and uh, just letting people to um, and know and understand uh, that all this uh, I mean it's already uh, for example, there is nuclear safety, and also uh, regarding the West, that uh, "what about it"? Uh, you know, like uh, Paris always says, "what about it?" Uh, yeah, because, because it's shielded; shielded. Uh, the technology is there to protect it. And and uh, what is, uh, specifically? Uh, for example, um, Mothers for Nuclear. I saw um, uh, just this week a uh, Maddie Healy, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, one who speaks about. Um, uh, is it called and clean nuclear, nuclear deal. deal? Yes. Uh, also went uh, to a um, you know, waste storage facility, dry casks. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and now, now uh, with her belly, I mean, um, she's uh, very uh, beautifully pregnant. And, yes. Uh, she yeah. uh, was uh, leaning over the, the, the dry cask. Yes. And, uh, you know, somebody might ask is that baby safe? And, Mothers for Nuclear, how do you change these perceptions?
1: well i would say like that makes me a little nervous you know just seeing that Mm -hmm. and so i can understand why people would question that you know like i said i was the first Uh pregnant operator at diablo canyon and um Uh during that time i was pretty nervous about that and um you know i don't have any pictures of me (laughs) in the plant you know Uh like close to nuclear Uh waste with my belly um, because I didn't, I, I refused to do that. I was too nervous about that. I have some pictures of me on, on our simulator, you know, which is a, a re- replica of the control room where we go down and we practice um, every five weeks, you know, doing events and responding to failures. And um, so I have some pictures of me waddling around <laughs> in the simulator <laughs> with my pregnant belly. But um, yeah, just just, uh, it, it took even longer for me to feel more comfortable that even, mm-hmm. you know, just taking a pregnant belly to a dry cask storage and the amount of radiation, mm-hmm. you know, most of it gets shielded by the concrete and then the the small yeah. amount that comes out is just not going to do anything um, mm-hmm. damaging to human health, whether, you know, a human, uh, an adult or a baby and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it, it, I think that's, you know, a great and powerful image to demonstrate. Um, yes. Yeah, just it it's, doesn't make sense to our brains. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, so I, I, I like things that make people question their mm-hmm. assumptions, and um, uh-huh. I, I love how Maddie's doing that. And another thing that we do at Mothers sure. for Nuclear is um, mm-hmm. we have a I don't think I have one in here but I have a radioactive necklace that I wear that actually has Whoa. a little bit of uranium wow. glass in it uh, and um, uh, so I, I wear this around my neck and I can use an ultraviolet uh, light to light it up and show people like uh, here's my radiation right here you know right uh, on my chest uh, and um, you, you might feel scared by that but you know I've talked to the experts know um, radiation protection professionals who know what type of radiation it is and how much it is and whether it's blocked by my skin or clothing and um, just that there's no impact from me doing that so it's really you know been interesting to see certain people's reactions to that I was yeah, at yeah. I was at a public meeting recently, and you know, pointed out that I was I was wearing this necklace, and another woman got up after me to to give public comments, uh-huh. and she said, "I'm mad! I am so mad at that girl uh-huh. with the radioactive necklaces!" Like, <laughs> and she was just she was so upset, and um, uh-huh. yeah, so it, I think it just it helps to talk to it. I, I, I went up and talked to her after the meeting, and like showed it to her Mm -hmm. and let her touch it, and she was kind of nervous. And Mm -hmm. she had family that had died of cancer, Mm -hmm. and she had had cancer, and Mm -hmm. so um, you know there's a lot of Mm -hmm. connection between radiation and cancer. And um, so I shared with her that you know one of the things that I learned that helped me feel better about it was learning about nuclear medicine and how radiation has actually Mm -hmm. cured so much cancer and it's Mm -hmm. saved so many Mm -hmm. more lives than it's harmed and and how amazing that is and something to be celebrated.
0: Yeah, Yeah, uh, that is advocacy in another level uh, because uh, you are having uh, the necklace, Uh, you know, it's a meeting, you say uh, uranium actually, uh, it's a meeting. So you are putting it on your chest mm-hmm. and uh, just letting people to not be scared of it because, I mean, if it were scary like that, um, uh, you would not have put on that. Yes. So uh, it's very, very great uh, uh, that you're doing ad- advocacy, I mean, uh, in like, like that. And also, um, maybe uh, what, what can local groups... Uh, and before that, uh, maybe I can ask, um, how does it, how is it uh, in a nuclear facility, like um, in Diablo Canyon, for example, Uh, You've been there. How do you uh, protect uh, uh, against uh, radiation? How uh, do people, uh, those who work there, uh, protect themselves uh, against, uh, you know, like uh, yearly radiation not to be to uh, to be more than a certain amount? How how do you do that?
1: Yeah. um, Well, there's lots of different ways that we do that, and I actually. I've shifted on this over time as well. I think we overdo it. We try too hard to protect people from radiation and we have all these yeah. metrics that we track and all these numbers about, you know, how much um, dose each person gets and how much dose total um, happens as a result of a normal refueling outage. and. Um, you know, we track those across our whole industry and we compare ourselves to other plants to see how we're doing and who can get the lowest. It's like a big competition (laughs) and, um, I think we spend, um, I mean it, it's great that we're so careful about it and that's one of the things that has made nuclear the safest is that we are so yes. careful and we have all these ways to manage it and that's great but I think we talk mm-hmm. about it a little bit too much and we spend a little yes, bit yeah. too much money on it like um, we're just like a little over the top and we haven't quite learned yet as an industry when enough is enough. So um, my, my hope for the future is that we can step that back just a little bit and like not get rid of it. You know, we want to stay safe, keep our safety practices, but um, maybe just tone it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: sure. yeah. yeah um, uh, that's, uh, that is great. Um, and, you know, for example, uh, people outside, uh, there are those who uh, uh, have, uh, have studied nuclear energy. Uh, nuclear science and technology, uh, those who are simply environmentalists, you studied uh, environmental science and then you're boom in uh, nuclear. nuclear. Mm-hmm. And then you're those, uh, maybe for example, in uh, communication and then you're in nuclear. Um, how how uh, possibly can uh, these voices, all of these voices, now come together and uh, bring in a very strong case for nuclear so that uh, people will not uh, fear? And, and maybe because uh, uh, to that, um, uh, there are others when they'll just uh, turn off when you're just now speaking about um you know the statistical data and so on so forth uh, but uh you know because nuclear energy is actually more of data and uh, you know calculations yeah, sure. Sure. so how how can we turn down all of these into a very digestible information and these local communities to um uh, stand up for the science
1: that is such a hard question, and I think it's so complicated because, um, well, yeah. first of all, I guess I'd say I think there's tremendous power in being for something. You know, like instead of, you know, mothers against drunk driving, which is a great group, but it's really easy for everyone to say, like, yes, we're against this, and here's what we're gonna do about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but like to be for something, There are so many reasons that nuclear is the right answer and I think, I also like to say that no matter who you are and what you care about, nuclear is the right thing. (laughs) Like there's so many different angles to approach it from, you know, from energy poverty Mm. and security to climate Mm. to, um, you know, land usage and um, mm-hmm. raw materials uh, that go into it, and mm-hmm. just, uh, just so many reasons. Um, economics, you know, really great jobs. I have an amazing job mm-hmm. at Diablo Canyon, and it pays really well. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so I just feel like, as a nuclear advocate, mm-hmm. that um, we need all the voices. We need all the people mm-hmm. who support nuclear for whatever their reason is to share that yeah. and they will find others mm-hmm. who care about the same things as them who are like, oh yeah, that makes sense. For me yeah. um, and Mothers for Nuclear, we, we largely hope to reach other mothers and women who also care about climate change mm-hmm. and kind of get them to you know, recognize mm-hmm. the value of this incredibly powerful source of clean energy. And um, yeah. yeah, so we, we just need all the voices speaking out, no matter you know how extreme or how meek. They're all going to find different people who agree with mm-hmm. them and follow them, and hopefully can support nuclear energy.
0: Well, sure, uh, and I remember um, uh, uh, in the year twenty twenty one, uh, while I was uh, from Berlin. And uh, all I could I could uh, you know, like uh, connect with uh, was uh, you know like uh, uh, telling the people that I was uh, around at home mm-hmm. about Mothers for nuclear and other organizations. So um Mothers for Nuclear actually got uh, my mother. So she said, oh, how how is it i mean mothers for nuclear so she was wondering <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and 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 that is something that is fascinating i uh, just to let even others uh even more women to be nuclear uh, just like uh, women in nuclear is doing and even letting um uh, more mothers in nuclear yes and, and uh, something that i can I, I can ask um it's about renewable energy because you find out that uh the world uh Say the mining industry is the second mm-hmm. emitter. I mean, of uh, you know, like pollution. You say so. Um, the majorly you find out that is from uh, you know. I don't want to mention countries like, of course, maybe China. China is uh, you know produces about a third of. Uh, I mean, a third of uh, of the of the country. China is um, you know there is mining and uh, we, let's not go into coal because mining is every day. Yeah. But um, most of it is mining so that we can have renewable energy. So that's the the irony. So uh, uh, what what is your view on renewable renewable energy? Renewable energy.
1: Yeah, well, um, like a lot of issues that we talk about at Mothers for Nuclear, we like to start with storytelling. Mm -hmm. So I grew up Uh in a mining town in Arizona, Miami, Arizona and um, Globe uh-huh. is right right next door. My mom still lives in Globe, Arizona. Globe was named after a globe of silver that was found in the mm-hmm. mine. And um, mm-hmm. so largely now it's a copper mining town. And my scenery mm-hmm. in Globe, you know, it wasn't like Diablo Canyon, like beautiful hillsides and the ocean and like clean. Mm-hmm. My, my um, scenery growing up was tailings piles and mining waste, and um, in you know windy days, it would blow, and we would just breathe it. And I grew up playing in polluted creeks, you know, that have the tailings just flowing mm-hmm. in them continuously. And um, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot of impacts from all of mining, and I hope ah. that um, we gradually find, you know, more techniques to do it in a, less impactful mm-hmm. way but um, you know in the meantime and forever I guess we, we should find we should use yes. um, we should find ways to use as few mm-hmm. resources as possible get the biggest bang for our buck mm-hmm. kind of and that's what I like about the idea of uranium mining you know while that's kind of scary and there's mm-hmm. been know some issues with um, abuse of native land and stuff in the past and and that's not good Um, in general uranium is a hugely energy dense source of fuel so it takes less overall mining to get like a bigger amount of energy from it so um, I guess what I would say about renewables and going forward is that I just hope that we can honestly look at the impacts of all of these choices across a spectrum of things that we care about you know not just climate change and energy availability yeah raw materials where they come from how they get mined how much of the mining we have to do to get a certain amount of energy and um you know i've been reading this book um cobalt red it's about uh, cobalt mining in the Congo, and um, how much that mm-hmm. is needed to su- supply our our lithium batteries, our rechargeable batteries um, for, you know, not just devices, but um, mm-hmm. you know, car batteries, electric cars, and of which I have one. I have an electric car, mm-hmm. and um, so wow. I, I want, mm-hmm. I, I hope that lots of groups will pay attention to you know analyzing and trying to figure out the best way forward. To do, you know, the least impactful solutions, and I don't know if electric cars is the best way to do that, or if you know, manufacturing, doing clean manufacturing of synthetic fuels might be something that you know we haven't really looked at enough. And um, it's, it's just, you know, energy is complicated, and um, I, I hope we can find the best balance of everything going forward. Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, and um, like for example, most of our uh, African states—they are going. Um, you know, they want to go 100% renewable. Ooh.
1: I don't That's know be hard. Uh, about the idea
0: <laughs> about 100% renewable. Is it easy?
1: Um... There's about maybe two or three people in the world that would tell you <laughs> that it is <laughs> easy, uh-huh. but um, I disagree with that idea. And um, from personally you know, witnessing uh-huh. what's happening here in California as we get a higher and higher penetration of renewable energy on our grid, we're encountering more and more challenges. And I think that will happen uh, Anywhere that you have, um, you know, an industrialized economy that's trying to power you know, modern infrastructure, data centers, hospitals, food Mm -hmm. refrigeration, all these things that Mm -hmm. make for a good quality of life need, you know, huge quantities of reliable energy and Mm -hmm. um, renewables right now Mm -hmm. just can't do that, you know, without storage and storage can't do that and um so yeah Uh we're not there i have have hope you know that uh, maybe we'll find some miracle solution but um i also kind of think that nuclear is the miracle solution (laughs) like we already have it and it's already here and so why would Uh we keep pushing so Mm -hmm. hard on renewables when we already have nuclear
0: (laughs) and and i I saw um mothers for nuclear actually um uh, and there is a page uh, that is written in Germany. Actually, I thought you're from Germany at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, thought you're from, from Germany. Germany. Yeah. And, 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 and 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 speaking about Germany, uh, there is, uh, you know, they phased out nuclear so that uh, they can uh, concentrate uh, majorly on renewable energy yeah, uh, but, but uh, uh, for me I believe uh, actually nuclear energy can uh, uh, should be uh, in the picture uh, of a uh, uh, just transition so that we can decarbonize uh, by, by the year 2050 uh, and um, Germany's decision uh, might even paralyze some of the of, of, of the decisions uh, the Africans might have yes. so uh, what, what is your view? view on this um, I mean the German uh, German uh, transition to clean energy, of course, but through only renewables, I don't know. I
1: I am so sad for them right now and sad for the world Mm -hmm. because they're making a decision that Mm -hmm. affects a lot of other people, you know, they they voluntarily chose to shut down a pretty great nuclear program that they had and, Uh um, you know, increase their reliance on coal and Russian natural Mm -hmm. gas, you know, like that's been a huge issue. Um, and yeah. their decisions are impacting people all all around the world, all all around Europe. Um, mm-hmm. I have a friend who lives in Norway, who um, you know Norway has a lot of clean energy, clean electricity. They have hydro, and mm-hmm. they also have contracts in place to give a certain amount of their electricity away to Germany and you know other mm-hmm. countries and um Mm -hmm. the the situation in germany where they need so much more electricity now because they don't have nuclear Mm -hmm. has really driven up prices in certain parts of norway and other scandinavian countries and uh, my friend specifically Mm -hmm. said that her neighbors were selling off their belongings to pay their utility bills and that her her neighbor who is a mom um couldn't afford to bathe her children because she couldn't heat the water and um, so Norway you know because they have so much clean electricity they're highly electrified also you know like they can't Uh just start burning fossil fuels again because everything's electric Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like Germany Mm -hmm. can shut down nuclear and just start burning coal and Norway's like Uh we don't have coal we don't have gas like we're Mm so they're, they're really suffering as a result of Germany's decisions and I just find that really sad yeah, and so. unjust. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, Germ- Germany and California are kind of similar in, in those ways how mm-hmm. um, they're both, you know, about the fourth largest economy in the world and um,
0: uh-huh.
1: both trying to go renewable instead of reduce mm-hmm. emissions. And yes, here yes. in California, you know, we have a lot of natural gas instead of coal, uh-huh. but it's still, uh-huh. um, you know, a lot of people talk about natural gas as being so much better than coal, but uh-huh. it still has half of uh-huh. the carbon emissions as coal. Yeah, sure. So if we use twice yeah. as much of it, then like, we haven't made any progress, you know? <laughs> uh, sure? <laughs> sure. sure. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. so it, it, it's a bit of a mess, and um, yeah, uh-huh. I, I hope that these few holdouts, like Germany seems to be one of the last countries in Europe that is still saying no to nuclear. Everyone else is doing it. Everyone else is realizing like how amazing of a solution it is and how it can power their futures. And Germany still is you know, refusing to write into the IPC, IPCC reports, you know, like the summary reports that Germany advocates, like don't put nuclear in there. We don't want it to say nuclear. We, we're not gonna sign on to it if it says nuclear, but the main report, which is like 2,000 pages, talks mm-hmm. extensively about how much nuclear we need. You know, like, we, uh-huh. even just to keep constant with 10% of our global supply of nuclear, because demand is going mm-hmm. up, we, and we want to electrify, we want to have more electric cars, we want more nice. electricity generally, we need to at least mm-hmm. double our nuclear generation just to like stay constant you know with what we have right now and um, yeah so it's it's hard for policymakers to write put um, good, good decisions you know make good decisions if they don't have access to true information and right now Germany's standing in the way of that in some pretty powerful ways that are very discouraging yeah I'm, I'm, I'm talking about uh, policy and, uh, and
0: uh, you know, know like, like uh, no no. They, 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 Everything, everything to do, to do with, with politics, politics and policy. Policy, yeah. uh, um, policy different, policy, uh, politics different. But uh, uh, maybe you can just talk about a little bit more about uh, Germany, not Germany, but Russia, you know, um, because they started war in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, and and they... it really, really um, destabilized the market. is destabilized uh, the energy uh uh, um you know everything to do with energy every i mean everything in the world so i i don't know maybe speak a little bit about russia and uh uh, you know its attack to ukraine Ukraine.
1: yeah well that's a huge topic and i guess first um i'd like to say that i had been really admiring the company Mm -hmm. rose adam that does nuclear in russia i think um, they've Mm -hmm. done a lot of amazing things and They had some really great messaging about um, why Uh nuclear is important. They are delivering the value message that said, um, Uh like, we need energy for people, for quality of life. They had this program called Uh Atoms for Humanity, where people told their personal Uh stories. And I love that, you know, like, that's what we do at Mothers for Nuclear. And um, Uh they've Uh done so much innovation in terms of nuclear energy, you know, with fast reactors and breeders Uh and icebreakers and you know the nuclear reactor that was on the um, the ship that got deployed to a remote northern community so now they have nuclear energy instead of having to burn fossil fuels um, so I, I think that they have great potential to do good with nuclear and i'm also incredibly worried about the current situation with russia and i just mm-hmm. went to the Museum of Nuclear History in Albuquerque, New Mexico, here, and mm-hmm. it gives you know the whole history of discovering radiation and Marie Curie and um, you yeah, know radium mm-hmm. all the way through you know World War II and the development of the atomic bomb mm-hmm. and then like what happens to nuclear after that the Cold mm-hmm. War all the way up through mm-hmm. you know now we're using it for clean power generation and they use the Palo Verde mm-hmm. nuclear plant as an example. And also talked about thorium, and it's it's a really great museum. But um, it just got me thinking regarding what's going on with Russia right now, and um, just the yeah. whole World War II and Cold War, and how like mm-hmm. what's changed. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it's yeah. it's really it's a scary situation. And um, mm-hmm. I think I, I learned something recently from Charles Oppenheimer. He's the grandson of mm-hmm. Robert Oppenheimer, who. You know, helped develop the atomic bomb. And um, Charles was talking about how uh, his grandfather was maybe not misunderstood, but like didn't quite have a chance to share his thoughts with the world regarding how to use this technology, how to transition from like world powers having nuclear bomb capability and using that as like deterrence against each other like how do we transition from that to like a world where we all have we use nuclear for plentiful clean energy and then we don't have to have conflicts over energy because like everyone's (laughs) using nuclear and um Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think I, I hope you know maybe we can get to that kind of utopia mm-hmm. eventually where we don't have to invade other countries for their resources because we have enough, everyone has enough. Yeah, definitely. It's a big hope, <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah, hmm. a, a big, big hope, hope
0: uh, actually. Um, uh, and uh, hoping that I, uh, you know, everybody I mean, I don't know, but we're still hoping uh, for the best we're still hoping for the best that there will be world peace and uh, (laughs) everything will be fine yeah and uh, this uh, brings uh, us even to uh, mean something to do with um, you know Russia has so many um, many nuclear uh, power uh, power you know like the research reactors, so many of them and even uh, you start with the space missions, you go to I mean there's a Mars and they're developing actually very quickly yes. and, uh, and and um, this brings me to a question and not away from Russia and, and, the, and the politics uh, in Russia, uh, it brings me to something about the lifetime of a nuclear power uh, power plant um, nuclear power, it reaches a time, um, maybe if we build two in uh, this year in the next 40 years or maybe 80 and i mean the lifetime of, of the facility is over uh, we have to have another nuclear facility here because uh where will like 70 gigawatts just disappear and uh, you know how do we uh, sustain this it's like diablo canyon so um what about the lifetime of diablo canyon and after that
1: well, nuclear... in, in, in,
0: in other nuclear facilities.
1: Yeah. Nuclear plants um, yeah. generally, as you probably suspect and know, are very robust. They are built mm-hmm. to withstand all kinds of hypothetical disasters. And, um, uh-huh. you know, maybe that's part of the reason that Russia wanted the Zaporizhia nuclear plant. They wanted to be there because it's yeah. like a fortress, you know, <laughs> Like it's mm-hmm. very robust. and. Um, yeah. Same goes for Diablo Canyon. As long as you know mm-hmm. equipment is maintained and um, re- replaced, you know it can. Mm-hmm. Nuclear plants can can run for a really really long time. Major equipment can yeah. be you know cut out and new equipment can mm-hmm. can be put in. And so yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if I'd say limitless, but it's it's nearly just like you keep running the plant and you just replace mm-hmm. stuff as you need to. And um, mm-hmm. It's generally a lot more work to take down and decommission a nuclear plant than it is to build it in the first place because mm-hmm. it's built with so much rebar and so much concrete and you know so much bracing and um, all of that stuff is pretty permanent. You know, it doesn't really you know corrode or degrade that much, and the piping that can corrode you know can be replaced and upgraded. So. I'd say that um, nuclear plants are definitely a good investment, and also that the longer you run them, the better of an investment they are. Um, you know, they, yeah. uh, the more, the more bang for your buck, kind of like the idea of mining uranium because it's so energy dense. So, if you have a nuclear plant, the longer you use it, the better.
0: Yeah, sure. And, and, uh, uh because nuclear and uh, nuclear power, like you see um, Bruce, uh, nu- Bruce Nuclear Power Facility, uh, the and Canlou Reactors uh, yeah. really, uh, <laughs> Yes, actually and and it provides a, uh, the country a lot of electricity and uh, we really need uh, this electricity in Africa mm-hmm. and, um, not, not just in Africa, Africa. We, we need it, I mean we have to deploy nuclear uh, continuously like year after year because uh, if we don't uh, it will reach a time that uh, maybe we'll have to build ones, and uh, building once, uh, you know, it will be like virtually impossible and, and that's why it lies in the decisions of our countrymen but um, how many people do you think uh the nuclear industry employ? How many people do you think uh, can work in, like, one facility in Diablo Canyon, for example?
1: Yeah, well, it varies a little bit. At Diablo Canyon, we typically have about 1,500 people to support the two units. Um, wow. Yeah, but other wow. sites, you know, like Vogel just started mm-hmm. up in Georgia with a new unit. I think there's... Mm-hmm. Um, maybe 900 people there. It it depends, you know, if you're part of a fleet of nuclear plants, like Diablo Canyon is run by Pacific Gas and Electric Company and that's their only nuclear plant. But other companies like Constellation and Entergy, you know, like they have a whole bunch of nuclear plants. So they can do some, you know, in their corporate office, they can do engineering work that helps all of the plants. So they get a little bit more of, you know, cost savings and personnel savings that way. Um, But generally, yeah, nuclear is known for its um, paying the people. Instead of paying mm-hmm. for fuel, which is great, you know, like to run a natural gas mm-hmm. plant, you just need a few people, <laughs> like 20, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, not 1500. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what do we uh-huh. value? What do we want to pay for natural gas or people, you know?
0: <laughs> people. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And and uh, something uh, I was uh, just analyzing and saying, um like uh, these facilities they decommissioned not decommissioned but uh, rather the places where they put uh they spent nuclear fuel for you know uh, i don't know there is a place in netherlands where they put uh, nuclear fuel and it's like a museum and you, you know, know i was looking at you. it and saying okay um people we say uh, that uh maybe there is no job and look at this place uh it will be uh, people have to be there And uh, it employs more people, and even after we are not there, people will be there to, you know, like, it it stays for years. And these number of years, people will be there to be employed. So I think a nuclear industry uh, 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 really is a a blessing uh, to uh, each and everybody. And And, uh, maybe you can just tell the audiences, uh, because jobs is just one of the opportunities. what about other opportunities in nuclear in nuclear power industry? Uh,
1: other opportunities besides power generation is that what you're asking for jobs? Um, um
0: opportunities. Um, you know the opportunities. Uh, for example, uh, you know there are others uh, who will be in uh, uh, energy. Not sorry. Uh, not energy. Uh, medicine, of course. Uh, others in. Um, you know, others who are in agriculture, but still in nuclear. Yeah. But some are, can be in the nuclear facility. They're not engineers, yeah. but they're paid and uh, they work there. So, I mean, that is just... Something. Yeah, yeah. I don't but, know a whole lot about nuclear
1: medicine or, you know, how, how we use nuclear mm-hmm. and radiation to sterilize uh-huh. food. But those are both really important applications of nuclear technology uh-huh. and... Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, regarding, you know, opportunities at a power plant like Diablo Canyon, it's not just operators, Uh, you know, and engineers. Um, It's, mm -hmm. you know, lots of different kinds of engineers. You know, we have mechanical Uh and civil and electrical and Uh uh, chemistry engineers and uh, yeah, a whole spectrum of different kinds of engineering that supports um, Diablo Canyon, and then mm-hmm. there's you know construction type jobs, people that come in and build yeah, scaffolding yeah. and you know like temporary wood walkways, you know that um, lots of personnel use mm-hmm. during when we have a refueling outage, and um, mm-hmm. people that you know do various types of equipment upgrades, mechanics, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and ad- administrative staff, you know, like our janitors uh-huh. and our security force. Mm-hmm. And um, I-, I was just walking out to the parking lot the other day with some of our security officers and they were, you uh-huh. know, grumbling a little bit about their their jobs mm-hmm. and just, you know, they have to work mm-hmm. a lot of overtime and um, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're just a little grumpy. And I was like, I just told them, you know, however bad your job is, however you feel, you know, like you might feel like it doesn't matter, but you, every job at the station is supporting the generation of 10% of California's electricity and it's clean and it's amazing and your job is valuable, you know, like no matter what you do here because you're supporting the station and they were just like, wow, no one's ever told us that. And They were just, uh-huh. they're like, oh, suddenly I have some job satisfaction, you know. Like, uh-huh. So yeah, I think, um, yeah, every job in nuclear you can think about in a really positive way in terms of supporting humanity and our planet.
0: Yeah, um, maybe uh, as we wrap up, as we wrap up, uh, you know, it's really a great conversation and I really want to keep it on and on. Uh, But uh, in your experience, in your experience and um, expertise, uh, what can you tell African uh, leaders? Uh, Because Africa, we want to go nuclear. Many countries, like for example, Kenya. Actually, let me start with Egypt. Egypt, uh, they're going to establish a nuclear uh, uh, power plant very soon in in Eldaba. Okay. And Uganda is also going uh, nuclear. You find out that Ghana they signed uh, uh, you know like uh, they want SMS. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kenya Kenya, we are there we want uh, to first establish a nuclear reactor mm -hmm. uh, nuclear nuclear reactor first uh, before we transition to start uh, you know to to begin uh, producing uh, uh, commercially uh, commercially. Mm -hmm. and And so on so forth. The other many countries, African countries, but um, one thing is uh, many African leaders, they question, they answer, they, 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 they have questions about nuclear power, and uh, they have nuclear power. So what what can you uh, tell them? What can you, like, for example, uh, uh, advise them and recommend?
1: Yeah. Well, um, I, I don't have, obviously, any personal experience um, in that area, but uh, generally, I, I learned a lot when I first started doing nuclear advocacy, about you know the idea yeah. of an energy transition or progression. From, uh-huh. like, for humanity in general, you know, like, when you start out uh-huh. and we're cooking, you know, indoors with uh-huh. wood and charcoal and, you know, breathing those fumes, you know, as mothers and women, we're doing the uh-huh. cooking and uh-huh. and then, um, you know, we get a little bit better and we start, you know, getting oil and then, you know, burning coal uh-huh. and power plants outside our homes and, uh-huh. and then, you know, eventually we, we transition to, like, we can use a little bit of wind and solar in there too and like we just kind of keep moving up this energy ladder to get like more complex but cleaner and better and um, I would just tell them like nuclear is the top of the ladder and the sooner you can just start (laughs) you know like you go there first you know then you don't have to do this whole transition that Europe is Mm -hmm. trying to do where we have all these Uh fossil fuel plants and we're trying to get rid of them and Mm -hmm. it's hard because we don't have enough other stuff so if we just focus on the nuclear mm-hmm. first i just think there's huge opportunity in that and i'm i'm so excited for you know a future of plentiful clean energy in africa
0: uh-huh. amazing amazing yeah and um, <clears throat> many many people will, will want actually to uh join our uh, mothers for nuclear is it? Um, Uh, open I mean they 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 they, I don't know is it open for uh, yeah of course
1: (laughs) of course yeah sometimes we say we're mother's Uh brothers and others so we're welcoming of everyone Uh Um, we don't have a membership actually so um, Mm. we have an email list you can sign up on our website Mm. and like I mentioned before about how we encourage every advocate to tell their story about why they support nuclear uh-huh. for whatever their reason is, mm-hmm. uh, we like to share those stories on our website. So if mm-hmm. if you have a story that you would like to share about nuclear energy, please mm-hmm. um, contact us and uh, we, we'd love to help mm-hmm. write it up and get it out for the world to read.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing. And maybe the last question, uh, this is uh, maybe just out of curiosity. Uh, because there is uh, you spend less time actually doing other stuff Um, which time do you uh, get uh, for example to go and travel and uh, you know like uh, just a vacation and you know uh, because I know a nuclear power facility you you are continuously there you have to uh, be on watch watch and and I don't know. know
1: Yeah, well, so I used to be, when I was an operator, you know, like operators have mm-hmm. to be there all the time to run the plant, yeah. so I did that for about 11 years, and now I write procedures for operators, so mm-hmm. I actually write the guidance that we use to run the plant, and that's um, yeah. a little bit different, you know, we can take vacation and take periods of time away, so I, I do go on vacations. and. Um, it's funny because a lot of my vacations turn into what I like to say nuclear vacations, <laughs> where um, you uh-huh. know I was uh-huh. uh, planning to come to Croatia this summer, and mm-hmm. then I was like, well, as long as I'm there, I might as well visit Kursko and <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. uh, might as mm-hmm. well visit
1: a research reactor, and um, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm very passionate about nuclear energy and kind of. Um, Mm -hmm. enjoy you know doing that as Mm -hmm. in conjunction with my vacations (laughs) but um, yeah yeah we definitely have Mm -hmm. very good benefits as nuclear workers Mm -hmm. and um, that's something that's Mm -hmm. yeah pretty great
0: yeah and and uh, maybe just to uh to add on uh, maybe uh, there is uh, maybe like for example uh, get a time to uh, speak to you know like uh, to travel and uh, speak in the seminars and the conferences uh, in all these places so that uh, people also can uh, get say uh, you know like uh, because you have the first hand information uh, mm-hmm. people will uh, actually uh, listen more and uh will want uh, to have a nuclear facility and and to just hasten the process uh, so that uh they can uh you know like provide clean energy yes. clean uh, environmentally friendly electricity yeah so um just to conclude uh, maybe the last word that you can uh, just uh tell uh, like an overview and uh whatever uh, you you maybe your last word to yeah uh, the people are listening to the podcast
1: yeah well first of all thanks for joining us and thanks for having this conversation and thanks for leading us Collins. and i love talking about Thank nuclear you. and i love traveling and uh-huh. um, talking with whoever's interested and in whatever questions they have whether they're the hard questions mm-hmm. or the easy ones you know like let's dig in and let's talk about it and um, I took a long time to change my mind about nuclear energy. I was very skeptical, and I understand how people, you know, lots of different reasons that they might be skeptical still, and um, I think it's so important mm-hmm. to talk about it and work through those issues. And I am just so excited mm-hmm. for, like I said, my, my vision of the future that includes a lot of clean energy from nuclear, it's just, it's my mm-hmm. hope for the future of humanity on our planet wow amazing
0: amazing yeah uh, thank, thank you so much, much uh madam hida hope for joining us in this podcast it's really been a great a great time uh just talking and uh discussing more about and nuclear energy and i am looking forward uh, later on we'll be having uh discussions and um i hope that we'll find also another time so that we can have uh, one or two people so that we can uh enrich also the conversation and uh, you know like i can, can get uh, environmentalists, environmentalism uh, they'll ask uh, some hard questions as you can say and uh, some you know so i'm looking forward to to having uh, another conversation um, very soon. And uh, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Of course, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Nuclear energy is the better podcast.
0: Yay.